Let's get started. I'm Joe. I'm Brian, and we are Where's the Rulebook Podcast. We're going to bring you a weekly board game podcast for your lunch break, daily commute, or any other time of the day. For season two, we are changing the format. Instead of focusing on one game and going over the rules to play it, we will have a theme or specific game. We'll discuss our opinions, any cool features, some rulings, and any other thoughts that may come up. And because of popular demand throughout last season, we're going to start ranking the games that we talk about. But we have created a custom scale. We didn't want to do a 1 to 10 or anything. So we have our highest being leave it on the table to the lowest being a hard pass. But we'll go over all five options uh, every week we talk about them. Well, as you all know, we've made it to October. And from here on out, we're focusing on Halloween games. And today we're going to be talking about Night Cage and where... I'm just actually going to read it. I think it's kind of cool. In the beginning of the rule book, it just says, you awake in the dark. Your body is cold. Your mind blank. You have nothing but your fear, your candle, and a question. How long will my light last? So that's like the backstory. So basically, we and three to four, depending on how many people you're playing with, have fallen into this labyrinth. And you wake up and you guys are all down there just trying to escape pretty much a nightmare. It is probably one of the more stressful games I've played. So easy to play. So hard to win. If you remember back in season one, uh, we reviewed Forbidden Island. Forbidden Island has a really cool aspect that at some point, all of the islands start drowning. Yeah. Start flooding, going underwater. That doesn't happen until like near the end. Yeah, right? like the last round almost. Yeah, imagine just that as a board game. That's <laughs> pretty much Night Cage, I would say, in a nutshell. Yeah. Your little figurine is a little candle. And when you're lit when your light is lit, you can see, you know, any adjacent tile that your path shows. Uh, and we'll talk about that and what that means. And then as soon as you move off of it, that tile just gets discarded. So when you move back there, that tile can be completely different. So you don't remember where you're walking from. You don't really know where you're walking to. You just have to explore trying to avoid monsters, which won't happen, and trying to find keys, which might happen, and then trying to get to a gate, which won't happen, <laughs> in at, least, at least in our experience. <laughs> we have not won this game. It's, it's brutal. It's not easy. And before recording, I think I watched like four different people do playthroughs on YouTube. No one won it. I've never, I have not seen anyone win this game yet. We've had people at the finals spot, but not everyone. Yeah. So it is a cooperative tile placing game. But to win, you all have to have a key. You only can carry one key each. You have to all have a key and you have to all be at the same gate at the same time. Yep, just like so easy, right? Forbidden Island. Yeah, just Everyone like Forbidden needs to Island. Have the treasures gets not the like Yahtzee. Now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no dice. Uh, I mean, aesthetically pleasing to look at for sure, right? Yeah. Every everything's black and white. There's no color except yep. for our, our candles. Yeah. And each, uh, each candle has a color, like a blue, purple, yeah, red, just for the yellow, flame. green, just. But the the game's art. It's dark. Yeah. It's very simple, but yep. it gets the point Minimalistic. across. Everything is focused on the fact that it is darkness. It's very claustrophobic. You, It's just a maze. The board game is just a bunch of nothing, squares. In the rules, it actually talks about, like, imagine the paths that you are going down. You're actually crawling down them. Yeah, I says. see that a lot of the art has, especially the first player token we were looking at. Yeah. 
has a picture of a guy it, crawling. It like, talks about how like you only can you only can carry one key because your other hand has the candle and you literally are crawling on hands and knees trying to find your way out of this place. It's kind of, I mean, not that it affects the gameplay at all, but it's kind of cool that it goes that deep with it. As far as the board goes, you all start randomly. You get to pick. Yeah. But I don't know in if turn order. strategy yeah. to get close or not. But Everyone that I've done, I think even in the rule book, it says to like pair up. So no matter how many people you play with, there will always be at least four people on the board. So it is playable from one to five, but you always have at least four candles. Yep. If you have a fifth, you have obviously a fifth candle. Uh, and so if you're playing one person, you control all of them. If you're doing two, you know, you, you each have two to control. And if you have an odd number, you just share, share yeah. someone's. So everything I've, I've said, and I think even the, like I said, even the rule book at this, like to pair up, try to stay together with someone else. And then like eventually, you know, tie together with everyone. But yeah, you start wherever you want in, in turn order. Uh, super basic. Who goes first? Uh, which I feel like could be literally in every game. However, this one, I, when you think about it, like, oh, the last person to have a nightmare, the last person to be in a maze. Nope, it's just whoever owns or hosting the game night goes first. Which it's is it's simple, so but simple. It works. That's better than randomly pick a player. At least it tells you. Yeah, I like that. It just says, all right, Roblox says you have to. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a very simple who goes first. And then in turn order, like you said, you can place your candle with your starting tile anywhere on the board. And then you reveal the, the tiles around you. And then the next player reveals. And then gameplay actually starts. It's so interesting. It plays so similarly to a lot of games, right? It has the same tile placing method as like carcassonne where they're all kind of hidden and you take from the pile and you play it you play with you get yep based on like your where you can see with your candle yeah it's kind of like suro mm-hmm. like the the lines have to meet from yep. where you are from where you are that's yep. an important part because <laughs> every tile can be uh, like a t or like a plus sign or just a straight line yep. and they where you can see Every direction that you can see basically has to have another tile. Yep. That's as far as you can see. Yeah, your candle is not a very powerful candle. It definitely only shows you the one tile next to you, and that's it. Your turn itself is very simple, and you can just and you are encouraged to discuss your turn. Uh, but at the end of the day, it does say that whoever's turn it is has final say in what they do. So even though the whole table is telling you to do something, you can do whatever you want. So it is cooperative, but you don't have to listen to everyone. But you have very few options on your turn. You can move or you can stay. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> really the only two things it. you can do. If you stay, you get a nerve, which we haven't talked too much about the nerves yet. You start with one nerve and you get to have up to two. So you have, you know, you're brave and you're strong. You have the extra nerve. And you get one if you stay, um, but you also can spend those anytime on your turn to do another turn. You can block a monster and you can also charge a monster. So if you are playing with one of the advanced monsters, you actually have to charge into it to get the key or something. So you can do that or you can save them for final flicker and which helps you potentially not lose. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about you will the, lose. the candle tile yeah. stick and how it works at the end. Yeah, when you move, which is what you do most of the time, you don't stay often. 
you move your tile and then you again you show any tiles that are available based on your candlelight and then you remove the ones that aren't available which you will forget a few so throughout the game you might do some cleanup be like oh no one can see this one and just throw it away uh, so just make sure you when you move out of one two tiles away from you can no longer be seen unless another person is there along the way while you're flipping tiles and going through this maze as we've discussed there are keys they're just little metal keys you get in the game and you have to land on the tile to get the key yep and then you just put on your player mat and you have it yeah there are six key tiles in the game obviously four or five players so you can't lose too many keys for sure uh, the key, like many other tiles, are a crumbling tile. So once you move on that, that's totally fine. But if you decide to stay or as soon as you move off of it on your next turn, that tile becomes a pit and you can fall into the pit. Yeah, I feel like a lot of tiles do that. So every straight tile crumbles and then pretty much oh, every key tile crumbles. And your starting tile. Yeah, and your starting tile crumbles too. I don't know if any of the intersections in the no it doesn't look like it i'm looking at the the what comes in the, the contents yeah and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it at least but yeah so there are 10 straight tiles that you potentially can play with because you do discard a few to before you start just to i don't know why actually i think it's a really weird rule um i was gonna say to keep it random but it's not because you discard the same exact number every time so i'm not sure why they even included those tiles if you don't use them but they, they included some random tiles throughout this game that I'm not quite sure why. Like, there's 12 wax, mo wax eaters, and for some reason you get 13 tiles for wax eaters. Sure do. <laughs> <laughs> never known why you get that 13th, but you never play with it. At least not in our experience. You've never played with it. It literally says put 12 in the candles. So, you just get random ones. Where, where this game is interesting is the balance of everyone needs to get a key and make it to a gate however there are only four gates and there are only eight key tiles six key tiles oh it's right you take some out yeah you take so you only play six in a four player yep. game or yeah up to four candles and then when you play with five That's when you, you must it. yeah you must play oh you play seven key tiles when you play Gotta have that. so again you have that extra key tile you never will use that eighth one Maybe but for some it. reason there is one lose or damage it yeah which i don't know if you'll damage these they're actually quite nice they are they remind me of like suro where it ha it's not like it's I mean, cardboard water will damage them pretty well, well i feel like you'd beat off but the sides the are sides nice. yeah like they went almost the whole way yeah they're very nice pieces but they are very nice pieces the keys are amazing they're like actual metal like keys weight. yep they're so cool they were a kickstarter bonus i guess i should say which i guess it makes sense that you know people are giving their money beforehand so they made the pieces cooler except the nerve token <laughs> i don't know what nerve would look like on a token but this looks like a weird firework i was gonna say slash, like very like like hairball almost and it's like a triangle and it's not I don't know. It's a weird token, but it does exactly what it needs to do. It's unique. It just doesn't make any sense to me and why that's what Nerve looks like. But And I appreciate the little like wooden meeple-like candles. Yeah, I like that they're all different, even though they don't need to be. Because they're different levels of like as the candles melting. Yeah. I like that a lot. So each candle pieces, all different colors. The tile candle holder 
is really kind of cool too. So you just like, once you have your tiles that you're playing with, you put them all in this candle holder and the candles burning out as you're playing, which is kind of neat. But just that nerve token is weird. <laughs> so going back to the keys and the gates, like I'll say there's a lot of balance because if you were, if let's say it's your turn and you move and you reveal a key, you get that key. As soon as you get off that space, boom, it collapses. Yeah, it is a pit tile. So as soon as you leave it, so this is good and bad, right? And if you move away from it, like let's say, oh, I don't want to get that key yet. As soon as you move away from it, you can't see it anymore. So it just gets discarded at that point, which is even right? worse because at least at that point, no one got the key. You can pass keys if they're on adjacent tiles. Yes. And you can relight people's candles, which uh, we haven't talked about yeah. having them go out yeah, yet. Yeah, both on adjacent tiles and you can do it on either person's turn. So if I have a key and you're adjacent to me and it's your turn, you can ask for my key and I can give yeah. it to you. You can't take it from me or something. Which could be helpful because you yeah. can't it doesn't the pit doesn't happen until you move off the tile. Or stay. Or stay. So it one whole turn round it it stays there. So you could technically get two keys potentially yeah. if someone's nearby that you can pass a key to. Yep. Or they could move on to it but then yep. fall when you move off of it kind of thing. So now the scary part of this game if it hasn't been scary enough <laughs> is the uh the monsters i don't know if this game would be easy even without the monsters you know i think it would be and it'd be easier but i don't know if we would have i think it'd be way easier because of because of the fact that your candle would go out that's true they would have to change when the candle goes out somehow but other than that like the, the monsters at least the wax eaters they're hard they're not easy to deal with we haven't even attempted any of the other ones because yeah, there's five different monsters. They're all ridiculously <laughs> harder and there's already hard enough. But even without a monster, I don't know if we would win. So every monster is unique. When you, if you flip over a monster, in this case, the wax eater, who seems to be in almost every game. Yeah. That's like the starting the monster. He, uh, has no eyes, but he can sense. Yep. So when you reveal him, he can sense movement. The next time someone moves on or off any of the adjacent spaces that he can see, and he can see in straight lines in all directions. Yeah, so he can see way more than one space if it's connected. A path. Yeah. Uh, he can only well, see. I guess he can't see anything. He can feel yeah. or hear. Maybe it's like quiet place, and he hears everything perfectly. I'm not sure. Either way, um, he can see all he can feel here see whatever touch smell lick <laughs> down the entire illuminated he does have passageways. a creepy mouth so maybe he's licking it's a thousand hands on that picture too yeah i imagine he's just like he can feel everything yeah but uh how it works is the moment someone moves charges down that entire illuminated pathway hitting yep. everyone and he charges in the row and the column so even yep. if you move in the row that he's in, he also charges vertically in the column. Every direction. That he can go. Yep. So he doesn't pass walls that don't exist. He can't jump tiles if they're not attached. Or pits. Yeah. Um, but what makes it unique is this is where the lights out feature happens. Everyone basically has health. And the health is yeah. your candle. However, your candle can go out. And that's when a monster hits you. When a monster hits you, you flip your player sheet over and you are now lights out. And as it lights out, 
this is where it really hurts. You can't see any more adjacent tiles except for the one you're on. Yeah, you only know the tile you're on. So when you choose to move, which you have to move and your lights out because you're not brave enough to stay still. Yep. You, as you move, you grab a tile and you place it and you move on top of it. Get. If you move on to a monster, he attacks you again and he attacks everything else that's adjacent. Immediately. Yeah. However, to get your candle back on, the only way is to be adjacent to another player. Basically, they, you guys light, he takes, their, and they have to have a lit candle. Yeah. And they light yours, and you're back in business. That being said, you don't need a lit candle to pick up keys and, and beat the game. You yeah. Just, you could get super lucky and move to a key and then move to a gate and have everyone else come to you. But you're going to want to have a candle. Yeah. I guess you couldn't stay at the gate. You'd have to move off of it the next turn. Unless you're the last one. Yeah, unless you're the last one. So you could do it without a light, but you should probably light your candle as soon as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Let's say in a perfect world. Actually, it's not so perfect. Let's let's tell you exactly what happens in this game. <laughs> when you when the deck runs out and the last tile is there, this is where they call the uh, final flicker. Yeah. In this phase, uh, everyone's candles are at their very end, and as lights flickering away, every time you move, a tile gets removed. Any tile. From the board, yeah. That someone that's a board someone that's not on the tile gets removed. You can't remove one. That's not including the ones that go away because they're outside of your distance. That's just any tile. And you get to pick. Uh this is where that final nerve can come into play. You can spend a nerve to basically say, Nope. I'm not discarding a token, a tile from the board. But you know, otherwise your your time is now really ticking down. Yeah, you can no longer stay during Final Flicker either because you have to discard a tile and you can't discard a tile to stay. That's right. So when you stay, you gain a nerve if you don't already have two and you discard the top tile from the deck or from the candle. Unless that changes during the Final Flicker, actually. I'm actually not sure because I don't think this ever happened. Yeah, we've been in the Final Flicker plenty of times, but we've never needed to worry about winning. (laughs) <laughs> so while we're looking that up let me tell you what usually happens uh, we go through the game we try to get everyone to have a key we try to have a gate but here's the issue is once you reveal like a gate and then you reveal keys you're trying to get keys for that gate but if you leave that gate it's gone forever you only have four gates so yeah there are better options it usually ends up becoming a scramble and a, a choice of whether or not you stay to keep that gate revealed or keep that key revealed or you keep moving to try and find more keys or so forth. So many times we come down to the final flicker and we're like maybe one or two turns away. It's, it's so close. It's always been close. But we definitely, yeah, that's all it is. It's close. In fairness, though, uh, we didn't know you could pass keys on adjacent tiles, which is something we've done wrong. Yeah. Which never really came into play for us, but could no, have. we definitely have used the same key tile. Yep. To have two people get a key, but then that person has to fall. And again, if you're in the final flicker and you fall, you game instantly over. lose the game because there's no tile to land on. Yep. Which we haven't talked about falling yet either, but it's true. But yeah, it doesn't say anything about if you stay during the final flicker um so i'm 
guessing that you probably can because like at that point people are at the gate i would assume if you're at the gate and you're staying maybe you just don't get a nerve yeah it doesn't because otherwise you would just stay get a nerve and say all right i'm gonna use it to not lose a tile it seems like it'd be unfair i don't know That'd be a good. That'd be a good one to look up. Yeah, it doesn't say anywhere in there. Like it, I'm looking through the rules about staying, and it talks about how you discard, but it doesn't. It never says anything about not discarding during the final flicker, hmm. and then final flicker doesn't talk about staying or not staying. <laughs> the rule book is large, but not the best <laughs> rule book. So I'm not surprised that's not in here. It does one thing right. And that is, I like that there's an entire page dedicated to like each monster. Yeah. It's cool to be like, oh, these are just the wax eaters. I mean, you flip, oh, this is just these monsters. Flip. But you're right. It is not laid out intuitively. But before we forget, when you fall down a pit, there's Or no... jump down a pit. It's right. You can. Jump I have down. jumped down a pit a few times to avoid a, a monster. monster. <laughs> I guess you could do it to not avoid a monster too. I haven't done that, but well, if you jump down a pit, which forces the monster to move, because once the monster moves, it's off the board. Yes. So it does save you there. Yeah, but you also could jump down a pit and then get placed anywhere on your next turn. So you could technically move more spaces than one by jumping down a pit. That's true. Because when you when you fall or jump yeah. down a pit. So yeah, if you move into a pit or if you decide to stay in one of the crumbling tiles that we talked about, you know, the key tiles or any of the straights or your starting tile, which I don't think you've ever stayed on the starting tile. I guess you could get a nerve instantly and then just fall. I mean, yes. Maybe that's why we don't win. Maybe we should just fall right away. It's a strategy. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is there's there's a lot of options, but none of them seem intuitive. Yeah. Like I, I, I never would think of just staying <laughs> in my spot. Yeah, the nerve becomes very important. But yeah, so let's talk about falling, and then we'll talk about why the nerve is important. <laughs> so when you fall, you either pick the column or the row that you are in when you fall, and on your next turn, you get to place. You draw a tile from the top of the candle, and you place it anywhere. That's not already lit. So you can't land on a tile that's already on the board. You have to place a new tile. Mm -hmm. Your candle doesn't go out, which I feel like is weird. I feel like when I fall, my candle should go out. I'm glad it doesn't because, like I said, it's hard enough. But And then when you, as soon as you fall, you grab that tile. You place it wherever you want in either the row or the column that you selected when you fell. Uh, so you do have to select that immediately when you fall. You don't get to see the other people's turns and then select one. You would uh, you show all the tiles that might happen from the wherever you landed, and then you take your turn like normal. If you fall on a monster, the monster instantly goes, which means you might get hit again. At that point, your candle would go out. But if you get attacked when the when your candle's out, nothing you don't like lose the game. Nope. But what happens when a monster attacks is your candle goes out. You flip your little candle meeple on the side on the board so you like know that your candle's out and you discard three tokens yep. from the top of the candle deck or three tiles I guess from the top of the candle deck they can be monsters they can be keys they can be gates they can be anything it's just top three I always look at them I don't know if you're supposed to I always do because as soon as we discard our fourth gate I'm like oh game's over that's just the 
let's flip the table and try again. And so I always look at them. I don't know if you're supposed to or not, but you can kind of know you start with 12 wax eaters. So, oh, I just discarded the, the ninth one. There's three more left in the deck or whatever. But you can spend a nerve to only discard two instead of three, which is usually helpful. Discarding less tiles is great because you don't want to discard good tiles and you don't ever get to know what you're discarding. I, I feel that using your nerve to block a monster's attack or to stay so that you don't discard because you discard one card to stay but if you move you, you could be placing two to three tiles yeah and you know trying to play strategically because your timer is that candle the the ultimate, it goes quick it goes fast and I feel like the big problem that we've had in most of our games and most new players of this game would have is you feel like you got to move. But yeah. to be honest, I think that staying a lot is the I, better option. I wonder afterwards we played just the other night with, a, with another friend and you were like, you're by a gate and I think you were by a key also. And you just kept moving like kind of back and forth to keep them but both I kept lit. But tiles every time. But you kept removing tiles. You kept placing new tiles burning through the candle you could have stayed you can stay even if you have two nerve just doesn't you just, you just don't get another nerve but you still discard the top card from the deck so it's only one instead of potentially three so you could have done that at least once would have probably helped for sure it's it's one of those things where it's hard though because if there's only one way to play i don't know the problem is i don't know anyone who's beaten it we yeah. haven't beaten it game's hard <laughs> i haven't even found anyone online that's beat <laughs> <laughs> but it um it's a perfect game for halloween because i mean again the theme is on point for not like it's not um, it's not like oh it's a scary game it just invokes that yeah. sense of claustrophobic uneasiness and that stress of like oh my gosh we have to get out of here in time our candle's running out it's a different kind of game, and that's why I do like it. I think that it's an interesting game. It's not one we play too often, just because it does stress my anxiety a little bit. <laughs> I feel like we play it this time of year. Yeah, I think it's... we do. We played it last time this time of year, too. Yeah, I th yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like it's you play it around the holiday, and you kind of make sense. I mean, if you're having maybe a you know a creepy night or whatever you can play it i mean but yeah we don't play it in june or july very often not because it wouldn't be fun we just we don't grab you know horror themed games during that time before we go too much farther into that let's talk about that nerve so we know we get one if we stay and if yep. you only can have two we know that we can spend one to only discard two tiles when the monster hits you instead of discarding three you also can spend one to just take a whole other turn which is can be very helpful especially you know maybe towards the end when you know you're getting close you want to get closer to that gate that everyone is trying to get to or your real monster yeah or your real monster you can charge which only matters when you're playing one of the advanced monsters because you have to like charge into the monster to get the key or to knock it out or all these other things um or like we said earlier too you can discard one to not discard a tile on the board during that final flicker However, there is one we haven't talked about, which is unique to only when your lights are out. As as Brian has mentioned, your candle's out. You have to keep moving. 
You're too scared to stay in the spot you are, so you can never stay. However, you can discard a nerve to stay, but when you do, you don't get a nerve. I guess that would only be useful in the sense of the end game, or if you didn't want to move to like run into a monster that you knew was down the row. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, if you candles out, I guess a few candles out, I guess you discard three cards. Um, you could stay, you could use your nerve to have someone like who's maybe close to you, who might get to you instead of, you know, you're risking a, a piece. But you do still discard a tile if you stay. Yep. So. But yeah, there is no way to gain nerve when your candle's out. You only can spend it. So, some of the other monsters, we've never played them. We have not played them. We want to beat the, the tutorial monster before yeah. we Usually before I go into advanced modes, I like to make sure I can at least win the game once. But they, I mean, there's there's ones called the Pathless, the Omens, the Pit, the, what's it called? Pit Fiend. The Pit Fiend, yeah. And they're all unique, which is really cool. The Keeper. So that's the one that, you take the key tiles out and you use the Keeper because the Keeper has the key. So that's when you have to charge it, I believe. You were charging to get the key, which is really kind of pretty neat. Or like the Dirge, which has uh, two omens. And when you fight it, it reveals this gigantic piece on the board. It like, turns into a huge pit. A corner of the board almost, I feel like. It looks like a pair of eyes. Yeah. Very on point with the creepiness and unfeel like uneasiness of this game. It's, I, I, I really like how far they went to make everything thematically on point. Very cool looking. It's got a really unique art. Something that you would see like in a eldritch horror kind of yeah. thing. It's all like tentacles and long wavy lines and eyes and mouths. Yeah, it's the things you see in your nightmares. Who knows? Maybe this is all just one big nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the art is is great, and it makes me think of another. I mean, I think of lore podcasts because I mean he always talks about you know haunted things and haunted stories, and they did like a TV series around that podcast a few years back, and it made me think of like very similar, the black and white, like that same kind of artwork. This is made by Smirk and Dagger. Have they made anything else? Or is this their first game? It's the only one that I know of. Because this was a Kickstarter. It was. And then, 2019, I believe, Kickstarter came out 2021. And you saw it at Gen Con. Yep. Well, sort TikTok. of. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I saw it on TikTok in my bedroom from someone else who went to Gen Con. <laughs> it's the best place to find out the latest games. But yeah, Stop it was, it was uh, one of the guys I follow on TikTok, uh, Grant's Games. And he did like recaps of each day on the things that he the looked top at. Top ten games each day. So. Yeah, and this was on it. I'm like, that looks really neat. And I think I showed you the video the next day, and you're like, what's TikTok? Why are you showing me this TikTok video? I don't want to look at TikTok because you're not even you're not even on Instagram. Like you and very little on Facebook even. Like you aren't. I do Twitter, which is so weird to me because I don't even like. I don't even touch Twitter. <laughs> I only look at Twitter when like something at work is having an outage, and I look at their Twitter to see how bad the outage is. Like that's how I use Twitter. I, I do know. not use it. I'm very personally, weird. but that was really weird too because uh, that was last year and after Gen Con, and I went to Cedar Point, which is an amusement roller coaster theme park in Ohio, 
And uh, on the way back, I stopped at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it was like a Barnes and Noble or Bam or. It was a Barnes and Noble. It was super random, and it's because we had some time before like our dinner reservation. So we're like, ah, whatever. We'll just stop in here. We waste thirty minutes. And I, as we went to check out, because uh, my wife got a book, I saw this in the front and just one of the piles. And I was like, Night Cage. That's the one. That's the game that Brian just showed me that he was like, he really wanted. And I was like, and I texted you immediately. And I said, hey, isn't this the game you wanted? And you were like, you flipped out. You were like, what the heck? Because it wasn't even selling online yet. Yeah, I don't think it was out. Like, I'm pretty sure they just like probably had it in the back. And they're like, oh, we don't know what this is. It probably was not long. Had a you, price tag because you usually go to Cedar Point for like the Hollow weekends, right? I do for so Halloween it was weekends. sometime in the fall that you it was went. Definitely October, and so it makes sense. But I, I don't think it was even supposed to be out yet. And it was forty bucks. You're like they only have one, and it's forty bucks. And I was like, well, if you want it, because like I remember you be like, oh, that game does look cool. If you want it, great, whatever, you can have it. You know, but like if you not if you don't want it personally, like buy it and I'll I'll send you money for it. <laughs> yeah, I I got it for you because I remember you wanted it more. So random. Yeah, I still think about that. And even today, I mean, it was to get it brand new today. It's sixty bucks. I I honestly think it's really funny, but I think they messed up. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they did. So I looked up Smirk and Dagger games. They actually have a lot of games. <laughs> oh no, I feel bad. What is what uh, do they have? Not much I've heard of, but like they have Menace Among Us, they have Dead Lies, Nevermore. They're like Nevermore seems to be a series. Student Bodies, which looks like it's it has like blood on it, it looks like a vamp, like a zombie are, type. Are of all game. their games very like dark themed? Uh, doesn't like. Most of them, it looks like, like Hex, Hex, Extra Large, The Dead Hand. But then they have like, I guess this one kind of is too. Run for Your Life, Candyman, Shooting <laughs> so Ladders, which yes. has like people with like machine guns shooting the people sliding down slides. Yes, so, is yeah. the answer. <laughs> at first glance, I didn't think so because I was like, oh, shoots and ladders. But then I actually oh, at it. It says shooting ladders, and yeah. you are killing people on ladders with. Roll for your life, Candyman. Okay, so their their whole theme is this dark... Dead last. Horror. Oh, Cutthroat. I didn't know that. I feel like I've seen Cutthroat. That's also another big series. They have, like, at quick glance, like, six of them. Um, I've seen, I think I've seen that one before. But. Okay, so if you're into your Halloween season, Smirks and Daggers seems to be your uh, main place to shop. I'm really interested in some of these, like, older, like... Run for your life, Candyman, shooting ladders. Like I just, I'm curious on the. I mean, what they are? Is it just the? I'd be interested if it's just Candyland with an extra twist. Like shoots and ladders. Is it just like, oh, you're playing shoots and ladders, but there's a guy trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I... Brutal and chaotic, mean spirited, and a whole lot of fun is a uh, Run for Your Life, Candyman's like slogan. Better be careful. Say his name three times. <laughs> Interesting. It's sold out, so I can't buy it. Oh, of course. Uh, out of stock. Not sure. So going back to Night Cage, there's not, not, something about strategy that we we haven't already talked about. 
because yeah. I think we're still trying to figure out our strategy. Yeah, stay in groups, I feel like, is probably a big one. Don't separate too far. You're yeah. not trying to reveal three tiles every time you move because that's just going to end the game way too quickly or have three monsters. That's the one thing we probably didn't talk about. When you, are, when you do move and you have to reveal anywhere from one to three tiles, you grab one from the candle stack, you look at it, and you decide where you want to put it yep. on your thing. And then you have another one you decide. So you don't get to look at all three of them. You have to look at one at a time and decide yep. where you're going to put it. So if you draw a monster, you have to decide, like, where is this monster going to hit yep. the lowest number of people? If, if any. If any. And then just be able to play it that way. So you don't get to draw all three of them. You draw one at a time. And I think you did touch on it. You have to be able to play your tile from where you are. The path has to connect to where you are. But it doesn't have to connect anywhere else. No, it can so lead to a dead end. It can lead to a dead end. It can lead to a wall of another tile that you've played earlier. But you do have to connect to your path. Yep. And you can wrap around, like you said earlier, too. Yep. Pac-Man style. You can go to the other side of the board by, you know, going all the way to the right. Yep. And don't be afraid to stay. I think that's my big for me personally when i play this game i always feel like i have to move don't feel like you have to don't be the hero it's okay to stay yeah i think that's probably a, a big thing is like having two nerve like don't just sit there and stay at the like if you have two nerve you probably should be moving probably unless you have like a goal that you're trying to reach but if you've revealed the key or a gate and you know that like oh this is gonna be the one we need yeah stay around it keep it yep. lit yeah, one tile is definitely better than revealing, even revealing one monster. Because you're not revealing it, you just discard it. So when you stay, you just discard the top tile, and it could be a monster. I mean, it could be something good, but it's better than revealing three monsters and having them all attack. Because that's then nine cards that will hit you instead of one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think having nerve is probably a big thing. I think I usually have one. And then I just like use it at the best time possible. And then I like don't really ever focus on getting them again. I feel like having at least one nerve or two nerve is probably a good helper. When it comes to rating this game, I feel like we're going to be on the same page because we've kind of already said it. We only bring this out for this time of year. It is situational. So I, I would. It doesn't this... have to be situational though, but it, it definitely doesn't for me, have to be. It seems to be, but. But that's the thing is like, for both of us, we have so many games that when it's Halloween, this is the best time for me to play all of these spooky games yeah. that we're going to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, I, I for That's why, for me personally, I would leave this in the closet or leave it in the basement. Uh, it's a game that I, I do recommend. I think it's hard, and I think it's a good game to have because it's hard. Yeah, it's simple and hard, which I think is key because a lot of times, like especially when you're playing with new people, uh, you don't want to bring a game that's super complex. This oh, game is not complex. It is not complex. Very simple, but you will lose, but it's very simple. <laughs> if you have a group of friends that likes tile games, Carcassonne, Suro, uh, Forbidden Island, bump this up. I think this is a great next step into like a yeah. hard game that like challenges you. It's challenged me. Yeah, it is, it is very hard. I... I'm trying to decide if I agree with your rating or if I say let a friend buy it. Maybe. Okay. I'm going to change mine to let a friend buy it because you bought it 
It's true. So I never have to buy it. I don't think anyone <laughs> in your multiple people in your group do not need this game. Absolutely not. I'll never buy it because yeah. you have it. <laughs> but like I'm happy I have it. I'm yeah. happy it was not in my disappointments that we had, you know, last week. Um I'm I'm very happy I have it, but it does, you know, it does not get a lot of table time at my house, but it is a fun game when I play it and I'm I'm excited to play it when I do. But for us, like I said, it's not doesn't have to be situational a lot of the situational games that we've talked about is like it's only for two player and it's a war themed game and both people should really like that theme that's not this playable to five people i mean ideally by yourself six would be great for me because because i feel like once you start getting into five six and seven it's hard to find games that you can play with that group but playable one to five I haven't played it by myself, but I would imagine it's just as much fun by yourself. I mean, other than you don't have other people with you, you're doing the exact you're just controlling all four people instead of just two of them. You don't it's not situational in the way that a lot of our other games have been. It's just it's themed so well. It's it's like horrified that we that we talked about in season one too. I'm not playing horrified in July. No, but we're playing it now. Yeah, we're playing it now. We're playing it uh, next week for next, game day. Yep, next week, uh, next Thursday, uh, which I should know the date. But 20th? I, 20th. That's when my sprinklers get turned off. Yep, the 20th. Kind of late for that. <laughs> I, I, just do what, I do what they tell me. Uh, yeah, the 20th at Lantern Games, uh, 6 p.m. They're horror-themed, Halloween-themed night. So Horrified is one of the games that we'll be covering then. Um, along with Zombie Side yep, and Zombie Side and Hunger, I believe. I think the Hunger, which I'm actually I'm really excited about the Hunger. Oh man, I I just bought it. It's been on my wish list for a year, and uh, I did open it. Actually, <laughs> it's, like, it's very rare when I buy a new game that I actually open it. As crazy as that sounds, and I sleeved it and I read the rule book, and I am so happy. Oh, and Nemesis. That'll be difficult to uh to play it's a hard game it is but it'll it's definitely halloween themed yeah so those are the ones that we're playing um i actually have a group of two people who wanted to play horrified with me almost for probably a year which i feel bad saying that out loud um we just have never been able to find a time that all of us all three of us are available to play it guess what um because they they own it also and they tried to play it and they were got pretty confused with some of the ruling and so they're like it was just after we did our last our season one podcast about and they're like hey can we just play it with you so we like know what we're doing and i was like yeah absolutely and then we just haven't been able to schedule it so i texted them i think they're both coming next thursday that'd be amazing um but yeah so i mean just halloween themed games at lantern yeah come and play so we'll be there for that for sure but yeah i'm super excited for the hunger and just just seeing it and like even if I don't get a chance to play it, because maybe I'll be playing Horrified or, you know, even Zombie Side or something, depending on what the groups. Because I mean, we play whatever people want to. Yeah, we play whatever. We don't get to play. Well, we get to play what we want to, but we also <laughs> play what the people want to play. So, well, in fairness, I want to play all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I am curious. So, I'm curious about Zombie Side with the new rules. I've never the played fixed the fixed rules. Edition. Yeah. And that's what we'll, we'll be playing then. The house rules yeah. that we've just played since start. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think there's much different. I don't think so. But I'm curious to see if they change anything else on there because I just haven't played it enough to know. But that's also a solid game, too, for the, the season. 
another cooperative game that you know you all win or all lose. But yeah, come and play. And as far as Night Cage is concerned, uh, it's a rare game. You're not probably going to see it in store. Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere, technically, other than my house. And you saw it at a random Barnes & Noble when it shouldn't have been there, probably. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a great game. It is. It's different. I it love it. It's a very different feel, tile-placing game, but at the same time, very simple and feels like any other tile-placing but like the theme, it's themed so well that it doesn't feel like another tile placer. Then we talked about how nice the pieces are and like how nice the candle holder is. Maybe the lack of the nice rule book, but I, and the keys are amazing. Oh no, I know where you're going. <laughs> but I mean, I obviously wish the nerve made more sense and meant something. Oh, I know your biggest pet peeve. The box is huge. <laughs> It's not by huge. I mean, it's a standard board game box. You know oh that. Gosh, even the inside of the box has art. The inside of the box has art. It's beautiful looking. It literally could be half the size. Well, the the game board fits in here. What well, could be? Oh, half the size. Half the shrunken down. Yeah, from height. From height. My problem is, why can't they just make? It's just tiles. Why can't they? Even, I mean, or give yeah. Carcassonne has little cardboard dividers yeah, give me a divider line you, up your tiles again like you need to separate the tiles out because you have to make sure the right number of gates and keys and yeah, there's no organization there's no organization so granted i have thousands of bags so i just put each type of tile in a separate bag and yep. went that way but like the box is big enough this could have been organized so well there's just nothing in it which is kind of a bummer but yeah it is a lot of empty space they went they went all out. Like I didn't even know the inside of the box had all this art. Yeah, it's it looks nice. It is really cool. Like it, it shows you crawling through yeah, the it's pathway. Like all the tunnels and each one is different candle light. And like someone has the light out in one of us one side and stuff. I mean, it's really cool. Oh yeah, and they're falling down a pit. Yeah. That's neat. It just doesn't need to be so big. I I like I they do Cuz they could a good still do that art. at half the size. I know. Because, like, how nice would it be to have a full... I, I love... I don't know what that is without measuring it. The 10 by 10 or 11 by 11 game box that fits so nice on, like, every shelf that you see out there. Whatever the Ikea... Yeah, exactly. The Ikea cubes. Value, whatever they're called. The cubes. Like, it, it's great because it fits perfectly in the height. And it, it matches all the other games on the shelf, which is nice. But at the same time, like, it doesn't need to be three inches thick. <laughs> It could be an inch thick and still have plenty of maybe two inches thick if you wanted to, you know, keep the candle the way it is. But I, I agree, because even if you had all the tiles sideways and then the game board, you'd still have space. Oh, yeah. Lots of space. So so maybe they have a lot of expansions coming that they don't have out yet. And they're just planning to fill this up with tiles. But and if they're listening, uh, feel free to take our idea. I don't know what they would add. More monsters? No, they would add dividers <laughs> oh that, i don't remember for expansions i don't think they, i don't know if i would buy I an expansion for a divider <laughs> i think they have enough monsters yeah um, if they could add if anything i would take a game mode that's a smaller board and i'll say situational game modes could be a where a you don't play with all four candles yeah you play with three or two yep I think or maybe there's a path that's always there that you have to like get your way back to or something I mean, that, that could be just a different game altogether. Or they could just come out with kind of like the monster, like one of these 
I'm yeah. holding it up, but it's like the monster's big pit. Something similar to this, but it's a bunch of paths that are predetermined. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Like you, you know, the start or a halfway point or something. Or they could even add more tiles. I mean, they could add a. So this game takes about 50 minutes to play. So it doesn't seem like it takes that long. It's pretty close. I think it was 45 minutes when we played it the other night. Um, but they could add like. Well, they could add more players, obviously, um, playing the six, seven, or eight. I feel like there'd be too many, especially since you all have to get a key and get out. Well, yeah, you'd have to add tiles and everything for that. But like, they could almost add a two-hour option, so you double the number of normal tiles or something. <sighs> like, th there's options for more tiles, I think, out there. That's not just a new monster, because like you said, there's a lot of monsters, and we haven't touched them, and I don't plan on even fighting them anytime soon, because I feel like I'd want to be able to beat the Wax Eaters multiple times before I'm like, oh, let's try the Keeper now. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, like, the Wax Eaters stay. So, like, now you're playing with something else with the Wax Eaters. So, But, yeah, at the uh, end of the day, I think it's a good game. It is good. It is a great game. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, I yeah. don't really have anything else. And, uh, you know, going back to Lantern Game Day, come join us October 20th at Lantern Games in Traverse City, Michigan. Yep. And look forward to our next couple podcasts where we're going to review other spooky games like our zombie theme day, which yep. is going to be Zombie Side and, and Dead of Winter. Dead of Winter. And then we're going to do also Betrayal, House on the Hill. Yeah. Uh, and then also every other weekend they have game days. There. I mean, we come to we go to most of them at Lantern. Yep. Every other weekend they do a Marvel Crisis Day. Um, actually, just Marvel it's Day. Marvel Day. So they either play Crisis Protocol or Champions. Yep. And then the other weekend is a Pokemon learn and play Pokemon and all the that. The only ones in town to do it. And yeah. It's been a blast. They had a great turnout for both events. I feel like when they did it, this is like, I think the third, it's this would growing. be the third, this would be the third one. I think for the, for have Marvel. You, have you been there recently? No, so I, I was there on Monday. So they didn't have the train yet when I was there last for Marvel. When I was there on Monday, uh, they already remodeled. They had this, uh, you know, their whole demo wall. Mm -hmm. They moved them under the TV. Makes they changed sense. all the tables to be sideways, and now they have like a group table, and they're having a area where they call the uh, the construction area, where you can come and build, paint, do whatever you want in your own little section. Uh, and they have the demo area where you can come and play right by the demos and yeah. pick anything you want, like before. But everything's just kind of organized out better. And they already made room because they're expanding all of their product. Yeah. So, I mean, they're only growing. It's crazy they're only in their second year now. Yeah. And they're getting you know a bunch of Warhammer stuff, which is new for them. Yep. Uh, a bunch of Marvel stuff, which is going to be all new for them. They weren't really much into the tabletop game space, but they knew they kind of were interested in that. And I think us and them together both like Marvel so much that it made... Oh, it made man. sense for them that the, the lore... We kind of sold them on Crisis Protocol. Yeah, I think so. But I think the lore of that, like the Marvel theme and everything, just yep. fits more for what they're doing. So they're not like... Completely. They have some Warhammer and stuff, but they're not going They're not going heavy in Warhammer. Because they just... They don't know it. They don't know the lore of it like they do Marvel. And, and there's, there's already a competition in town. There's yep. a dedicated store that's pretty much all Warhammer. But... Yeah, come join us, and if you're in town and you want to pick up a 
new trading card or board game, don't forget to use our promo code. Yeah, and you can use it online too. So it does work. But that's all I have for Night Cage. Yep, that's all I got. You can find our page on Instagram at Instagram.com slash where is the rulebook or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com. And don't forget to like or subscribe on however you're listening to us today. Give us any sort of ranking, any words in there help us. And this week, why don't you tell us the creepiest board game you've played? Or tell us what you had for lunch or dinner. I don't care. Joe doesn't care. We're going to look at them. We're going to laugh. But if you put something in there, it helps us in the ranking so other people find us. Uh, And like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this episode and all of season two will be sponsored by Lantern Games, a local game store in Traverse City, Michigan. They do have an amazing website. They do ship uh, for lantern.games is their website, which is super cool. It's not a .com. I think it's really cool. It's a .games. Also from their website, or if you go into the store, if you use the discount code RULEBOOK, you will receive 10% off, and that includes online purchases or, like I said, in-store purchases. So you can check out their website. You can uh, get a game sent to you or some magic cards or whatever else you might be looking for, and you get to save 10% by using the discount code RULEBOOK. Uh, but I think all of these games that we've talked about, all the games that we're going to talk about are owned by either Joe or myself or in many cases, both of us. Uh, so they're not sponsored game reviews or anything. And last but not least, huge shout out to John Ransom for making our theme song. And if you liked our theme song as much as we both do, check out Jack Pine uh, for more music with John is slapping bass for them. Um, And check out their newest album, Embers, on Spotify streaming today. Thanks for playing.